0: Hi everyone, and welcome to this week's Everything is Brand. This week, we want to talk about the cost of content. So a lot of legislation is being addressed around the world, particularly in Australia right now, around whether or not some of the platforms should be paying for the content that they post. Let's discuss. Australia is kind of leading the charge in saying that Facebook and Google should start to pay for some of the media content, some of the news that they're posting on their platforms. And there's been a real pushback from Facebook and Google. I think in Australia, Facebook and Google have now conceded that, that they should be paying, but I know it's still going on. Uh, and now Canada's kind of jumped into the mix as well, saying that they might consider this kind of thing as well. What do you guys think? Should these platforms be responsible for paying the content that they post? Does news belong to them or is it being created by organizations that should be paid for their work? What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think that this is definitely one of those areas where the news agencies are generating content. They are doing the research. They're doing all the work. They should be paid for it. This is not social media in terms of people posting their personal lives and information like that that's a different story but when actual news is being used yes in order to kind of support that industry and make sure that proper news creation and reporting remains it has to
2: be paid for so so yeah i think that uh, they need to to be paying for that okay so i'm going to be the devil's advocate here (laughs) but don't you feel that News outlets are using Google and social media as additional distribution channels. So they're using these platforms, right? So it's not like they're doing it for free. They're using their services to promote their content.
3: But they're also profiting from that, correct? Yeah right oh devil's advocate <laughs> um, they ultimately it comes down to the fact that google and facebook are making millions if not billions of, of dollars on ad revenue from eyeballs and the newspapers or the news outlets are not making money so how can they and we love our news organizations because they are fact checkers they do investigative journalism they get to the core story of it. They fact-checked everything left, right, and center, and they actually put out accurate news. Well, there's a price for that. But if newspapers don't have ads to run in them, then they can't fund the work that they do, right? So ultimately, if Google or Facebook or any other outlet wants to leverage that great news and true news, well, then they should be sharing part of those profits that they see. And we've seen what happens. At the end of the day, Google and Facebook are not in the business of journalism. I mean, didn't they put together a small bunch of fact checkers like recently of people that are going in there? How many people is that really? Really? How many people are employed at Facebook fact checking? I highly doubt it's a lot of people. Meanwhile, you've got journalists who do this for a living, who should be compensated for it.
1: It just felt very one-sided. And this also shows how the whole news cycle and news creation and all of that has changed in the last 15 years or so in terms of how technology plays such a big role in our lives now. All of those traditional channels are gone. Everything is digital now. So it's really, I guess, a point in history where new laws have to be put in place, new rules, new guidelines, new business plans and and structures. So I think that this is really just the inevitable, right? This was going to happen. It's happening now, but uh, in order to, to generate really good news information, accurate information, somebody needs to work on that and somebody needs to pay for it.
0: You know, it's interesting because back in the day when news was primarily delivered on television the news departments of these big networks, they weren't a profit-making entity. They were almost like a service that the networks gave back in order to make the money on the other content that they produced. And that's kind of where it started. And they kind of kept an arm's length affiliation to the news generation arm of the network. Here's my fear. My fear is that Google and Facebook are going to look at this and say okay well wait a minute instead of paying all this money to these traditional news outlets why don't we just create our own so then all of a sudden they're going to own the platform and they're going to own the news much the way it was with some of those networks in the past But I don't think that the, and again, I'm not saying that they are, they aren't, but I don't feel like the ethics are there the way they were back then. I don't feel like there's going to be that arm's length kind of situation and that Facebook and Google aren't going to operate in their own interest. And then they're going to own the facts and the platform. And I think that that is a little bit scary. So, I mean, I'm a little happy that the governments are stepping in Depending on how it all maps out, I think I agree with all of you that people should be paid for their work, regardless of anything. No, profit shouldn't be that one-sided. But I think as you go deeper into the issue, this idea that, that the platform is also going to run the news at the same time, I find that even scarier.
1: But you know, But it's interesting that you brought that up because really, I mean, that's already happening in other areas. If you look at, for example, the entertainment side, Netflix they have their own platform they create their own content right like amazon has their own platform they they create their own content right so it is really changing that industry and i think that this whole news industry will change as well right you're right like google and facebook and some other uh, platforms may actually decide it's in their best interest to just generate
0: their own content I guess the worrisome part is Bridgerton and the war in Syria are not the same thing. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's a little frightening from that perspective. I mean, I agree with you. I'm not sure that the entertainment world should just produce its own stuff. That being said, I think that they do get a lot of pressure for representation and making sure that all different kinds of stories are told. But on the news side, I think that the bar is much higher. Don't you think?
1: But if you actually look at, for example, what's going on in the States in terms of news, we know how certain news channels are very politically aligned with a specific side, right?
0: And now, let's call them out, Fox and CNN. Yeah. <laughs> Fox is like watching the Republican infomercial, and right. CNN is like watching the Democratic infomercial.
1: Right. And so really, I mean, news channels, they, they generate news, but they actually have a very, very strong opinion about certain things, right? So is that really news anymore? Because news should really just be reporting on facts, and that's it, right? But it's way beyond that now.
0: Yeah, there was a, a story that I read, I think it was last week, that talked about that thing exactly about how the lines are being blurred. And they called out Fox and CNN, particularly and they said that the lines are being blurred because there's two types of programming on both of those stations. There is the news programming where there is a more unbiased approach. But then you have people like Tucker Carlson or Anderson Cooper where those are opinion shows. And it used to be that there would be mostly news on those stations. And then there'd be, you know, one or two opinion shows, usually later at night. Well, now, It's wall-to-wall opinion shows. And the standard to which they're being held is not the same as on the news. Even when you watch Fox News and you watch the news segments, they feel a lot more unbiased. But then you tune into, you know, Tucker Carlson, and it's a whole other level of of bias and opinion and, and everything else.
1: Because a lot of those news channels or episodes or whatever, they are now seen as part of entertainment right? So there is a huge part of it is entertainment. Now, it is, as I said earlier, it's no longer just reporting on facts. And I will actually say that even I watch CTV news, I'm noticing how it is becoming very sensationalized. It's all about headlines and blowing things out of proportion to the point where it's like, you're not providing facts anymore. You're actually generating opinions to drive a specific point of view. And I have to say, like it's in the States, it's, it's quite obvious about what's, what's happening, but I'm thinking that it's happening definitely here in Canada and probably elsewhere as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, are the news agencies based on the, what we're just saying here, are the news agencies better equipped than Google and Facebook to create this content? Are we just being crazy or is there just so much emphasis on sensationalism and entertainment now that it doesn't matter who produces the content? It's just going to be to sell ads or to bring eyeballs into the platform.
1: I think one of the biggest issues is speed. They need to generate content immediately. And when it comes to fact checking, when it comes to research and all that stuff, it takes time. And now you're putting something out five days later when everybody else is already moved on to a different topic.
0: I agree with the speed, but it's also the amount of time that they have to talk. It's just endless talking and sharing new things. Like you watch CNN, every two seconds there's breaking news. None of it is breaking news. It's all just filler. And so yeah, they have to be fast, but then they have to fill all this time. News used to be half an hour a night or half an hour a day. Now it's like 24 seven on multiple channels. And it's like, where's all this news coming from? Is Tiger Woods rolling over his SUV, is that news?
4: Is it? <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't really even watch the news anymore. Um, to be frank, I get everything through a headline or through word of mouth because I find when I turn on the news channel, it's just repetition. It's like every five minutes to your point, Tiger Woods rolls over in an SUV.
2: Yeah, uh,
4: and it's just constantly, constantly saying the same thing over and over again, which I agree with you, Brad, like it, it is, it's just about filling time it's just like now every channel is 24 hours seven days a week it's not the half hour short burst that it used to be which is when you get in the most important news in the half an hour you've got now it's like you got to talk forever and ever and ever but i think thinking about all this and how it's all going to pan out i don't know like yeah maybe with this google and facebook will to your point like take on their own news, news channels. Like, why wouldn't they? I mean, they have the money
2: mm. to
4: sort of employ the people to do the work. And if there's enough money there for it, then if they're getting enough flack from these other news channels, like, why not just cut them off and, and, and be your own boss? I mean, I, I don't know, I think it's gonna be interesting to watch this over time. Okay, so I, I've got a question.
3: I mean, the traditional news agencies, newspapers have been around for centuries reporting on this news. It comes down to a trust factor. They have a proven track record of trust. Do they? Report, reporting on the trust. I don't know. I do, think they do. Do they? Okay, I don't so think they do let's, anymore. Let's, okay, let's compare. Let's compare. Would you trust the New York Times over Facebook? Who would you trust Here's more? what I would
4: trust. Here's what I trust. I entrust my friend on Facebook to give me the news over getting it from New York Times mm, like I don't know I about
3: get... that. if your political views <laughs> if your political views align perhaps
0: have you met some of Gabby's friends? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's They're Gabby's <laughs> friends, They're not my friends. I'm kidding. Yeah, no,
4: my I'm friends. Kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Maybe that's why I don't have any friends. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, who are these friends of which you speak, Jeremy? Exactly. Yeah. Maybe it's me posting my own information for me to read back to myself.
3: Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I think I still trust. I think I still trust the... And I think we're we're a bit... I don't want to compare the US and Canada, but I think we are a little bit more fortunate up here to have more unbiased news than we do south of the border. But I think I do trust our news organizations. They have the track record. They have reported that. Yes, do they have time against them? But they've solved those issues, Marco, that you were mentioning in terms of time. Often we get a first pass up there online with, oh, if you scroll up to the bottom or to the top, it's usually saying it's updated, et cetera. So they're constantly working on that particular piece of news to either fact check it, or I'm sure they've got standards as to how many facts they have to check before they publish, and even just constantly updating the story as it goes along. But I don't know, I'm I'm with you, Brad. It's a scary world if Google is gonna own the news and Facebook is gonna own the news, frankly, simply because of their track record, right? I think Facebook, and this goes back to our previous podcast as well, has somewhat ruined it for themselves. Their trust factor, like I don't know anybody who trusts Facebook, frankly, like I think their trust factor is super low. I mean, we use it for what we use it. But I don't I don't know that I entirely trust Marky Mark over there. Google, you know, I think they started off well. But at the end of the day, when these companies are pulling the profits that they're pulling, you know, it's questionable. Did tour star well what's his name mr black over there at one point was super super rich as well and he owned a news organization so i don't know i don't know i don't know if it gets to the point of they've become too big and but at the same time here's my thing am i gonna trust a small little you know guy who's like reporting out on the news on youtube probably not either like i'm not going to trust him with with whatever news is is happening or (laughs) him reporting on it
0: I think it's about looking at the whole structure of it, right? I think the reason that we trust the Washington Post or the New York Times or the Toronto Star is because they've been around for a long time. Exactly. And, and there has been some ethical things built into the way they operate. That being said, they were also at one time all run by old white guys. So the perspective of these agencies was not necessarily representative of the entire population. And if you look at some of the systemic issues that we have around racism and some of these other areas, it stems partly from the sharing of information over however many years. Does the New York Times have a great brand? Absolutely they do. Do they have a better brand than Facebook when it comes to news? Yes, they do. But does that mean that they'll be better at reporting? Or have we just seen that in the past? Are they leveraging their old ethical way of reporting the news into their current brand or are they still following the same things that they used to do back in the day when, they, when there was a certain ethics and a certain fact-checking responsibility that they had? But it was all run by primarily white Anglo-Saxon kinds of people. So,
3: Anybody else worried about domination here? Like, do we not see what Facebook and Google, nobody worried about like domination, world domination here? Like whatever happened to playing nice in the sandbox altogether? And everybody stick to their lane and everybody kind of, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a lawyer. I go to people who do that. Why can't we just go to the news organization to get our news? Why do we have to know it all, be it all?
0: Okay. Well, Gabby, apparently you live in 1954, (laughs) Illinois. Um, So other than that, (laughs) money, like the name of this podcast Mm -hmm. is the cost of content. So let's talk about the cost of content, money. Right? If Google has to pay a lot of money or they can create their own channel, what do you think their choice is going to be?
1: But to that point, it costs a lot of money to generate news, but news also generates a lot of money. Let's face it, some of those corporations of the past news reporting, there were wealthy organizations, there were massive media channels, and that's changing a little bit, right? So and it was done through advertising, through all kinds of other business deals and everything else. So there's definitely a cost to coming up with content. And this may just be the matter of shifting from some corporations to different corporations. Really, it's still corporations that are generating that content.
4: Going back to what you were saying earlier, like and that's exactly what's happening in an entertainment business, right? We're going from the channels on television to the channels online. Through mm-hmm. netflix amazon we're seeing all of that that's exactly what's happening right is that shift is happening there and now it's happening in the news as well
1: and it's also like i think that in the past we relied on one or two news channels to get all our news now you have ability to actually verify or do your own research if you want to i mean if it's you get a piece of information And I come across some information sometimes, whether I hear it on the radio or read it somewhere or whatever. And if it doesn't quite seem right, I may actually do my own. I will look it up and see, like, is anybody else reporting on this? Like, what's the actual thing that's going on here?
0: Yeah. And that's a really good point, Marco. I mean, I think that the responsibility is that you shouldn't believe any one entity on anything. I mean, do your homework and your point, Jer, about listening to your friends you know, if your friends are diverse and have all different opinions and come from different places, then that's actually a really good way to go because then you're getting multiple perspectives. And I think where we're running into problems is when people are just being fed the same perspective over and over and over again. And it's it that's what's causing problems. You know, we're talking about the cost of content. Well, there's the financial cost of content, but then there's also the societal cost of content. And I think that when you look at what's gone on the past four years in the United States, that was a huge cost that was paid for people being pigeonholed into this one way of thinking or delivered all of this content around a certain perspective instead of opening people up to debate or discussion or conversation or seeing things in different ways. The truth is, is that there's been liberal and conservative politics for hundreds of years, if not longer, probably even going back to ancient Greece and such. But the reality is, is that more and more those lines are being drawn even stronger. And that is the frightening part. That's the cost that I'm not willing to pay or that I don't want to see us pay. And that's the societal cost. If that means that we have multiple outlets delivering news on these big platforms in order to alleviate some of that, that would be great. But you also have to look at the hybrids that are cropping up, right? Like it's not even just news or entertainment anymore. Now it's infotainment. Like look at BuzzFeed. BuzzFeed is comes across as a news organization, but all they really do are these kind of milquetoast lists around who are the five best celebrities? Who are the, yeah. like, it, it's not even real news, but they envelope it in this idea that it's somehow news. And to some people,
3: that is their only
2: news I have a question for you, Brad. You were talking about multiple perspectives, right? Now, don't you feel that... Facebook did arrange this deal where they are going to pay several publishers for their news, right? Don't you feel that's dangerous too? Because right now, Facebook would be deciding which news outlets would go out through their platform. So... Do you feel that that's dangerous as well?
0: Yeah, I think anytime you mix economics with information, you're going to run into those problems. I think the way they kind of handled that in the past is that there was this whole kind of arm's length approach where the economics of the newsroom, and it's funny because if you go back and there's a great show by Aaron Sorkin called The Newsroom. If you ever get a chance to watch it, it's fantastic. Um, But those old timey newsrooms were almost like at arm's length from the rest of the network. And basically they would fight with the executives all the time around staying out of the news business. And so I think that there were these arm's length kinds of things, there were these things put in place to take care and alleviate some of that, Christian, because I I agree with you 100%. I think it's a huge, huge issue. I just hope that if we go forward with that, a similar model, that that same level of ethics and that same level of responsibility, if... Facebook and Google or any other platform decide to go in the news business, that they continue that level on because that would be in all of our best interest, I think.
1: It's interesting because we're talking a lot about the cost and, uh, Gabby, you brought up the the trust issue. And I, I think that that's actually a big part of it, right? Because certain brands, Facebook, for sure, they just don't have the trust element connected to their brand now they will have to work very hard to to change that if that's even something they actually want to do but you still have a huge population that gets all of their information from facebook
4: yeah i wonder if that was because I'm, I'm thinking about all this and i wonder if that was part of tim cook's strategy when he did that whatever that presentation the other the other week with basically about facebook about trying to build trust with his audience or Mm -hmm. with their audience and going about things a little bit differently from a strategic perspective. Because I was really like, what? him sitting down in front of a camera and basically giving a speech changes the way you start to think about Apple a little bit. It's like, oh, are they looking out for my best interests? Are they my bodyguard a little bit? And I'm just wondering, like, as we move forward, because if you look at Mark Zuckerberg, it's the other way. He gets pitched as sort of being the devil a little bit
2: and all mm-hmm. that kind
4: of stuff, right? And I'm just wondering if maybe it's a different strategy that Apple's kind of taking as they're moving forward. Mm. I, I don't know. I just, mm. you know, it's something I was thinking about. Mm. Shake your head again. No, really. no,
3: no, 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 no. I think Apple's strategy is actually going into the health tech area. And as such, trust is needed to go into that area. So I think this is a little bit of a play to move in that direction.
4: Because right, but it's still to build trust. He's still yeah, it, to is. Build
3: trust.
2: That's it is, what but I think at, right?
3: that there's dollar signs behind
4: that too. Oh, for sure. There always has to be that. I mean, that's, that goes with saying, but it's just a different avenue of trying to build this trust in a different way.
1: The yeah. Apple brand also, if you remember, and this probably goes, I don't know, maybe five years back, the whole privacy issue around what data from your phone is accessible to the police, to the government. And Apple, whether you like that brand or not, they actually stood up and they said, No, mm-hmm. th- that's not your information. It, they happen, that information is on personal devices, and you will not have access to that. We'll do whatever it takes to keep that information private. Right. So they actually made that decision a while back, and that's part of their brand. And I think that people actually trust that brand for that reason. And this is maybe just another. That, I guess, because they are moving into healthcare uh, a lot and definitely that they people will have to trust that brand to share their their health information.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: At the end of everything, the most important thing here is that we have so many more channels and platforms now that have to be filled with content. And all of that content means that we're going to hear all of these different stories, all of these different ideas. And these big organizations, they want to make money and they want to fill their coffers with information and and deliver it out so that they can continue to sell the ad revenue and do all the things that they need to do, which is not unlike the way it was before. It's just that there's so much more going on now than there was previously. So when you think about the cost of content, it really is important to fill those platforms with that content. Now, the people who are working hard to deliver on that content, they need to be paid, as we said. But that being said, these organizations should not be self-regulating. I like the fact that Australia and Canada are kind of stepping in and saying, you know what, we need to have a voice at this table. Depending on what that legislation looks like or that regulation looks like, it may go stronger in some areas and less strong in other areas. But but the reality is, is that you can't have too much government, like maybe happens in China with Huawei and, and some of their ways of dealing with things, but you also can't have too much corporation, which kind of happens in the Western world quite a bit. There has to be more of that that balance because the truth is, is that the people who are providing the content need to be paid and there needs to be multiple perspectives, but there's also a societal cost to our content. And we've seen evidence of it over time, especially within the last few years. So, Yes, people need to make money, but we also don't want to pay a huge cost in society about people not seeing all sides of an issue or or there being balanced reporting on the news. And I said earlier Bridgerton is not Syria, and and that's true. You know, there's entertainment and there are things that really Entertain us and and bring joy. But then there's information that we just need to have so that we can make balanced decisions when it comes to voting or anything else that we need to do uh, for society. So the cost of content is real. People want to make money, organizations want to make money. But while we're doing that, we have to make sure that we're not paying too high a price in other areas. So that's this week's Everything is Brand. Join us next week for a new topic, a new discussion. And remember, everything is brand.